Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining me again on another episode of Shock Your Potential and this little series called My Top 10 Tips. Now, you know, as my listeners and viewers, that I very rarely read people's bios because, you know, most of the time they're boring. However, I'm putting on the glasses for this one because I want to read all the pieces of this. So Shannon Milliman is a CPTD, a Certified Professional in Talent Development, which I'm going to want to know more about. She empowers professionals to live abundantly by saying yes more. She created and performed the one-woman show, Not So Supernova, which I also want to know about. She's a professional speaker merging improv and adult education, which has got to be fun and probably some really hilarious uh, stories you could tell us and believes in the power of applying improv principles to work and life to build greater resilience, agility, and strengthened capacity to navigate change better. Shannon, there are so many things in here I love about that that I'll tell you in a minute, but first of all, thank you so much for joining me today. It's my joy. Thanks for letting me be with you today. And for those who are getting to watch the video version of this too, you are in the coolest spot. I just love it. We'll talk a little bit about that too. But one of the things that I love about your whole improv background and how you bring this to be to to pass um, is because you know in my uh, history of leading really large teams, I would always say, okay, now we're going to role play because I've led sales teams. I'm like, we're going to role play. Oh, I hate role play. Oh, I don't, I do better when I'm natural. And I'm like, how do you get better at anything natural until you practice at environments that simulate that? (laughs) So first of all, again, welcome. And Shannon, tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do for a living. Yeah, it's funny you say that because uh, when I share what I do and try to help organizations with, often I opt to not use the brand improv because it intimidates <laughs> people or makes them think something else. And uh-huh. when you just kind of reframe it and realize it's just practicing everyday skills in a new frame, uh, you yes. know, so i I get to go into organizations and work with them and give them exercises and where that they can collaborate and be a little more free spirited, be a little more open and have 
uh, debrief sessions about those activities that they did that connect to their actual work in this new language that helps them see things differently and work together differently. And I'm with this, you know, transition that we're all in, I am actively building a course online to share an online course about how to use improv in business or life. And I'm excited about that challenge. I'm saying yes to the improv right there, finding a new way yeah. to frame it. Absolutely. And, and it's such a great way to look at it because, you know, we all every day, there's no, there's no script for business. There's no script for life. We're all improving this together. The question is, how do we get more comfortable with it? And how do we do it more so that we, you know, have more of that tendency to say yes, as opposed to say, ah, let me think about it for a little bit. Yep. When push comes to shove, improv is our default. And what do we do before <laughs> to sharpen those responses? That I love that. Sharpen your responses. Be able to handle it and know. I used to tell my team, you know, when you're going into a situation, whether it's a sales scenario, maybe you were, it was one of my leaders, you know, that had to have a, um, a coaching ses session with one of their employees or maybe a termination. I'd say, you know, first of all, let's think about all the things that realistically can go wrong. Not, not crazy stuff, but realistically. And then let's plan for that. So if this happens, if that person that you're firing gets mad and you know throws the desk over, what are you going to do? Because that person might be that kind of person. Or if they cry, what are you going to do? Or you know, what if that sales situation turns wrong? And you know, how are you going to handle that? It's all about preparing so that you feel more comfortable and confident. Yeah, that's a beautiful, empowering way to step into the next thing. Absolutely. But before that, Explain now. So this will be like a, it'll, it'll tease the people just listening to want to wait until we put the video of this out. Tell me where you are right now and what you're in the middle of, because I feel like you're a rock star and we're about to have a concert. Pretty much. Yes. I am in Urban Jack Productions music studio. My husband, Simon Milliman, is a music recording artist. And in fact, he's doing an ambitious um, endeavor. He's doing 10 albums in 10 months, and he just completed album three yesterday. Whoa. Oh, so no. that's where the magic happens, and I guess COVID inspires all sorts of wacky responses in all of us. <laughs> My goodness. Is he, uh, is he blogging about this along the way, too? You know, he should be a little more, but he is a little. It's urbanjackproductions.com. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, we'll have all that. Let's make sure we get that in the show notes Fun. as well. <laughs> I love it. So now you are going to share with us, I get, I'm putting on my granny glasses again, your top 10 tips to help empower professionals to live abundantly by saying yes more. I cannot wait to get into this. So <laughs> I'm going to just throw it to you. I'll add in as we go along, but tell me, how do we get ready and prepared to say yes more? All right. Let's get ready, huh? <laughs> okay. Go. I'm going to start with 10. 10. I feel like there's a drum roll. There's got to be one near me. Maybe a there's got to be a drum in there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Number 10. Bring your best self. You being you is electric. You have all that you need to be successful. And if you feel off, you know, channel the strength that you have until your best self arrives. And when you act with confidence after taking care of your own needs, there's something that happens that makes you stronger and more able to support yourself and others when you're at work, when you're at family. So bring your best self as 10. 
nine. Should, should I keep rolling like swiftly? Yeah, keep going. Yeah, I'll jump in every once in a while, but I'm like, yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> nine, notice everything. Heighten your mm. spidey sense. Think Dr. Holmes. Think Dr. House. You're the doctor. Believe in your ability to synthesize and channel whatever is around you. Pay attention to the details and the meaning, the nuance when people communicate with you. Just being ready. And just consider all of that opportunities to connect. This isn't brain science. It's just like heightening the senses and the gifts you already have. And connecting can help everyone remain calm, can help resolve work problems with ease. You can under identify underlying concerns when you notice everything. You might be more aware of something. So notice everything. And that, you know, that's, that is so critical. And that's, that's like the basis for my first book, which is called Tell Me More. Mm-hmm. That so many times we think we always have to have the answers or we have to look perfect or act a certain way, but there's so much power in slowing down and asking questions and okay. getting, you might even know the answer already, but when you ask questions, you, you do learn more, but you put people more at ease and, and you start to notice where where they're comfortable or where they're not, or you know, things that you might not have noticed when you're so busy trying to be the best perfect, instead of saying, let me just continue to take what's going on and then adapt to it as I go along. That's so powerful. It actually brings me right really well to eight, which is accept offers. And when you're asking the questions, you're able to receive the offerings that people, so on stage, it's okay, if someone throws a ball at me, I'm going to accept that as something to take me to the next thing. And I'm going to say, I'm a basketball player. I accepted that offer in the workplace. It is whatever is thrown at me. It's not shutting it down and smashing it. It's seeing it as possibility and kind of allowing that questioning process to bring you to another level of transcendence. Even I think about my mom taught me to write thank you letters when I got gifts and oh, that yes. was me accept offers, you know, it's just accepting, maybe acknowledging or appreciating what is said or done to ground things. And really, this is a powerful concept that everything is an offer. Even the things that feel like a storm, it's an offer. Now, what yeah, kind yeah. of offer it is, is up in, for you to figure out. Um, but when you model this, that accept offers that open mindset spreads and everyone begins to help one another a little. And I'm seeing that so often in this tense time right now that people are accepting offers, people are making offers, people are giving offers, and it's, it's, it has a real potential for beauty and progress. And I think sometimes when people hear that, you know, they, or maybe they are on the receiving end of that sometimes. I, I, I was thinking about somebody I was just talking to the other day who said, you know, I just keep getting all these projects thrown on me. And I just feel like I'm getting buried under them. And I said, why are they giving you the projects? Mm. Well, I don't know. Good question. Is it because they, is it good because they trust you more? Is it because you never say no? Is it because, you know, what, and it could be anything, but until you know why they're giving you all those projects, don't see it as a negative or feel like you're being buried. Use it as a time to explore and say, Hey, uh, Mr. Leader or Miss Leader, I want, I want to, I'd like to ask you some questions. So tell me, you, you know, you guys have been giving me an abundance of great opportunities. So what makes me the go-to person for this? You know, is there something that I'm doing exceptionally well that you really like or whatever? And how you ask those questions 
you know, can allow you to know whether or not you're getting it just because nobody else will do that work or because they really trust you. And regardless, you can say, okay, hey, I just want to let you know, I'm getting a little overwhelmed with some things. So let's talk about priorities. You know, what, what do I do next? Because then you can control more and you can say yes appropriately instead of saying yes, like, you know, with your hands up going, okay, throw it at me again. How wonderful. And then it's, yeah, the control is more within you, like that five whys, continuing to drill down, like, what can I control? What can I offer? What asking more? And once you have a better understanding, you can stand stronger on your feet to know when you say yes and, and when you say, uh, pivot, how about you? This is an offer that I pass, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yes, and there it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Right. <laughs> Okay, shall I continue? Yeah, go, let's go on. We're doing great. Trust and support your partners. And really, uh, uh, you know, on stage, it's, it's trusting your scene players and thinking that they have your best interest in heart. And uh, I think about junior high when you'd pay the, play those trust fall games. Like you oh, trust, <laughs> you, know, that th- you know, that person that's going to catch you or not catch you is your manager, your coworker, your client, mm-hmm. your customer. Um, trust them and think of them as bringing equal talents and strengths to the conversation. And maybe they're your stakeholder, maybe they're your client, but they are full humans with talents and gifts to offer. Not one of you has more and less. You have to just trust and accept what you each bring to the scene. And when you make others look good in that scene, because you've trusted them, you make yourself look good. And then when you assume and operate with good intentions, then there's this like positive feedback loop and stronger collaboration happens. And it all started because you just had faith and trusted and supported your partner. I think that's <laughs> strong. I used, to, I used to tell my people when they were complaining, especially like of the marketing department, they're like, marketing screwed us over. Look what they did to this ad. And I'd say, do you really think that anybody in marketing woke up today and said, you know what? My goal is to screw <laughs> Shannon over today. In fact, I want to look like I suck at my job. You know, <laughs> it's well, a good well, reminder. In one day. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should actually talk to them and figure out how to have that trust in them by building some questions that build bridges. Yeah. Bridges are a beautiful thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. You're on a roll. Okay. <laughs> Uh, This is my favorite. Embrace failure. Uh, Mm. You know, whatever. Just throw confetti. Who cares? Mistakes are an essential part of our life, our survival, our growth. To fear them is to fear learning, connecting, innovating. If we can somehow dispel that fear and accept failure as part of process, it, it can help us just get to that next level. And mistakes often mean you're trying something new. Um, I, a literary, I can't remember who it was. It might've been Virginia Woolf. She said that, don't quote me though, um, rejection letters give her strength and reminder that she's mm-hmm. trying. And I think yeah. that's the beauty, you know, uh, embrace that failure. What, even if you're not like, what can I learn from this? But just like, you know, I remember when I was in high school, um, my dad would chaperone it at youth dances I went to. And some people would be like, your dad? How embarrassing. But my dad's awesome. <laughs> and he, 
he would do the splits like every once in a while and he split wow. his pants and ripped them and you know for some that could be humiliating for both the teenager and the father but my dad just embraced it and he was like remembered for that moment and I just loved how he boldly ripped his pants and went off the stage with triumphant bliss and I think how can I do that at work how can I do that when I'm yeah. struggling with my family embrace failure <laughs> well and I wrote down as you were talking I wrote down failure as part of the process and and I've never really thought about that before because we you know we talk about embracing failure and sometimes people go oh yeah sure I embrace failure and other people go I don't want to have any failure, but it is a part of the process. There, you can't have success without having failures along the way. Yeah, that's poignant. Mm. Wise words. I like your quote too. <laughs> <laughs> and five. Yes. And the gift that keeps on giving, mm. saying yes. And I think in our culture right now, it's, it's often popular to speak about setting boundaries. And I appreciate the wisdom in that. And that's just kind of a different conversation. But the side of that I, I dislike about that is that we don't leave ourselves open to this possibility of unknown if we, if we only set boundaries. And it depends on the scenario. I'm not saying that's the way. But that yes and is give and take and the group goes farther when everyone is saying yes and. It, it makes the individual um, like not supreme, but the group is supreme. We're all saying yes and, and it's like, I'm contributing so others can too. So if you say something to me and maybe inside, I don't really know how I'm going to respond to that. Um, but I, instead I, I filter and I say, yes. And that reminds me of this. It allows you and I to build and to keep going and to keep conversing and struggling and, and, figuring a solution. And I think that's just the power of the, the yes and. You know, that's what you made me think about that is so many times people, if you say something that somebody doesn't agree with, or maybe they're not comfortable with, or they had a different idea, they might say, yes, but. Right. And that's, that's their nice way of saying, yes, but I really see it this way. Yeah. And if we're really trying to collaborate, collaborate and make more abundance for ourselves and others, when we say yes, and I'd still don't like to talk about this in the midst of that, just that change from the yeah, but to the yeah, and opens more dialogue, opens more opportunity. You could still share an opposing view, but you can do it in a way that doesn't say, that doesn't dismiss what somebody else has said too. That's so powerful because how wonderful to respect that we are all sovereign beings with different mindsets and upbringings and experiences and to not polarize, but to listen and that allows us to, and that's something that we can just daily practice. Like, okay, today I'm going to try saying yes. And when I talk to my coworkers or my spouse or my friend or my enemy, you know, like I'm going to try that and, and just kind of check in with yourself, do your own little debrief and see how it, how it made a difference and don't expect an outcome and just see what happens. You know, if, when you just said to, or my enemy, I was, I had this immediate thought of someone that I have worked with in the past that we were, um, we were competing in a way I didn't want to compete, but we were 
in an environment that facilitated that and that this person was quite competitive. And, and so there was this, you know, kind of back and forth tension all the time. So when this person would suggest certain ideas that maybe I didn't care for, or I didn't like, or wasn't quite my way, I would react more with a sense of putting a stop and that to turn because I felt like at times I had to protect myself. And as you were talking, I thought, I wonder what it would have done instead if I would have said, yes. And how can we do that and also meet my objective that we had? Then, then we would have been working from two different vantage points, trying to find a way to work together. Hmm. Yeah. Can't go back and change not. that one, but that probably would have helped that relationship. <laughs> I love how you thought about that in not like me versus them, but the project that you guys were antagonizing over, you know, mm-hmm. there's freedom. But at in the that. time, I, it was definitely me versus that person. And yeah. uh, so that caused a lot of tension. And, and because then we did that, then we became more, um, we had more walls up between us. So, you know, there wasn't a point for a bridge to be built at some point there. It was just too far, far gone, unfortunately. Yeah, that's hard. I, I think the magic of doing some of these activities with coworkers or with people that you wouldn't normally, I mean, who would do this, you know, <laughs> very few people, <laughs> but it, it bring it'll dissipate in weird, unexpected ways, these things. And you come together in these unexpected ways and, and maybe you keep them in your heart when you're working day to day the next week and you don't have the tensions that you did before because like they saved you in that scene or, and yeah. it's, you never know. Yeah, I like it. Oh, this is good. Keep going. I don't even know what number we're on. Four, four left. <laughs> okay, four. Da-da. Remember relationship. You know, I think on people's deathbeds, that's what folks wish they put more time into. It's not, did I spend more time at work? Did I earn more money? Did I, you know, all that. It's, it's a no-brainer, but really practice that now, the remember relationship. And the scene you're in is always the relationship. It's not the things. It's not the project. It's not, you know, what you're actually doing. It, you know, in that scenario that you just shared, like separating it and thinking about the thing helped liberate you from the tension you had. But later you could connect the dots and you remember mm-hmm. that allowed me to connect back to the relationship and to mm-hmm. see that person in a way that you didn't before, hopefully. Yeah. I like it. All right. All right. Number three. (laughs) Be in character. Put your Vogue on. (laughs) I think I got that down. I know. I love the hair. It's so dynamic. (laughs) The C of. So maintaining your character, committing to your purpose the whole scene through, and that might be your day or the project you're embarking on or just that conversation with a person, but be in character. And I, I take that. Like, yes, the persona in workplaces, you put on persona. Let's be honest. We can't, we're not always our authentic self, you know, <laughs> but, but um, we kind of go back and forth and you remember the play on words of character, like your integrity, who your soul is. Don't forget that. Bring that to the table and, and there's beauty there. And then two seconds oh, to the end, make active choices. I like Mm. this one a whole lot. Just do something, try something, experiment. There's no wrong answers. Just see what happens. Don't wait for someone to tell you, just, just try it. 
Yeah. And then the last one. Oh, did you have a thought? Oh, Sorry. No. Yeah. I was going to say we can have a drum roll before the last one, but <laughs> okay. I, you know, I think that comes back to, you know, just making active choices. I used to tell my team that, look, you, you're going to screw up. Mm-hmm. I screw up seven times before I have breakfast. It doesn't, there's, we're all going to screw up. Mm-hmm. The, the question is, do we do it purposefully or do we do it because we're trying and we're, we're trying things and we're, we're making choices at, on the fly. And so I'd say, I don't, if you don't feel comfortable and confident, then let's work through it. But if you feel pretty comfortable, then do it. And if something goes wrong with it, I'm not going to worry about it. And I used to tell them there's only three things that, that, you know, you can make any other mistake, but one of these three things or two or three of them are bad. Like, so no one should die. Nothing Mm -hmm. should burn down and no one should go to jail. And if all three of those things happen, it's really, really bad. If none of those things happen and you make a mistake and you made it honestly, um, I'm not going to be mad at you. We may have to fix it. We, it may not be comfortable, but, but make the choices. And I want to help you get comfortable making the choices because only then will you feel more confident to make more choices and to be active and to say yes, instead of be afraid that, but what if I do this or this and one of them's wrong? Yes, this or this and one of them may be wrong. <laughs> but, but you could also do this, that, or the other thing, and none of them could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, they could all be wrong. It doesn't matter. We just have to have some action. We have to move in a direction. Mm-hmm. What a liberating precedent to set as a leader and to slowly begin to step into that and realize, okay, I have permission. And then you have permission from the outside source, and it'll help you develop the permission internally to to make those active choices that can make a difference in the company, in your soul, in, in the gifts that you share with others. Really your powerful. confidence. Absolutely. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, saying yes takes confidence. Sometimes it's a little bravado, but, you know, yes to yourself, yes to the project, yes to the opportunity, you know. So to do that, you have to start to gain some confidence in there. And when you start doing that, I think it's so fun to get little rewards. You'll find people laugh at your, your yeah. impromptu jokes. They, they celebrate what you did. And one exercise that you do in improv is like, if someone messes up, then we clap and it's silly, it's yeah. funny, but it, it's lovely, you know? Yeah. It's like when, when little kids, you know, fall down and they, you know, they have that moment before they know to cry. And I love it when you're like, oh, yay, that was such a great fall. You did such a good job. And they turn around, they're like, (laughs) and they can go clearly from having a total meltdown to laughing and going, okay, I can get applause when I fall down too. (laughs) I love that. Okay. So drum roll. Okay. Number one. Listen. That's all. Shh. We learn and we grow when we listen. And I'm just going to let that peacefully glide its way into the eternities. As we listen to this. <laughs> it is so true. You can't uh, always find the things to say yes to when you're not listening clearly. Yeah. There's power in that. Sting said his favorite part of music is the rest because because of the rest, you have the contrast. And I just, I turn that over in my mind, like, wow, yeah, I guess so, you know? Wow, that's deep. Well, you think about that, you know, when you're at a really incredible concert and that moment when that last note is just held out 
and it's and it can have such an impact on a room, even with 10,000 people in it, in that silence before somebody breaks it by screaming and clapping. But that moment where it's just held there. Ooh, that's a great, You're that's all another great sharing that, that silent listening energy for like what that might mean. And everyone takes something different from it. Yeah, true. And I think every day we take something different from the way the way we interact and the way we try to, um, you know, move ourselves forward and find those opportunities to say yes. Yeah, that's really powerful. So when you do this uh, kind of improv with companies, you know, and you have that person that's, you know, standing in the side of the room with their arms crossed and they're, you know, they're going, yeah, I can't believe I have to do this this afternoon. Um, and you know that really that's because they just don't have, comf- you know, comfort or confidence in that. You know, what what is it like to see that person transition to somebody who gets somebody to laugh or, you know, really does something that takes them out of their comfort zone? You know, what kind of, what, what does that look like from your perspective and what kind of impact does that have on them later, do you think? Oh, what a, what a beautiful question. Um it feels very personally rewarding. Like I, I, sometimes I feel like crying when I see that, like you believe you, you said yes to me, even though you doubted and you're trying it. And I appreciate that faith you had to try this. And, um, I feel like, like a parent happy that their child did something in a way on one, that's my like instant reaction. And another, as I continue to contemplate that is like, this work is, is like more powerful than me. And it's not me giving that reward. It's just a new set of language tools to help them see what's inside of them and their capability. And it's not so much me, it's, it's them just being them, but in a new way where they're not framed in certain expectations, the way they normally show up. And I don't know, I feel, I feel like respectful and honored to be, kind of a vehicle to help people find themselves in that way. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I imagine so. I can, I can see that. You know, I just see it with um, people when they are, you know, don't want to learn something new. And then you get them, you know, you just kind of push them questioning-wise just to the edge. I, in fact, I, I have my, one of my favorite stories was I was speaking in Ireland and I was speaking to a group on, uh, and they were, it was a new sales process and they didn't like it. Part of it was really uncomfortable. They thought it was too American. And uh, so, you know, one guy is sitting in the front row, you know, this 150, 200 people, and he's, he's sitting there with his arms crossed and he's giving me this look and I kept seeing him. And finally I stopped and I go, what's your name? And I, I knew a lot of the people in this industry and I, you know, I'd worked with their, the leadership team in their um, company for a while. And he, he told me his name. So I don't know, let's call him Scott. I can't remember what it was. And he said, I go, Scott, I can just tell by looking at you, you don't believe a word I am saying. And he's like, nope. I said, I want to know, tell me, tell me everything. What do you not agree with? I just want to hear it all. And he started out, well, you, you know, we can't do that. And that's too American and people are not going to do that. And it's very uncomfortable. And it was really crazy because, you know, then all of a sudden other people are like, yeah, yeah, I believe what Scott believes. And other people are like, I can't believe he's saying this. And they're like, I can't believe she's asking this. What's going to happen? And I said, okay, I want you to be the, the toughest customer you have. And I'm going to model the sales process for you. But you throw everything at me every single thing. And you know, he was like, he's all, I go, I want you to be the worst. I want you to be the nastiest. I want you to be the crankiest. 
And so as I did it, everything that he threw at me, I just got calmer and calmer. And I go, oh, I understand. I completely understand. And I just went through the whole thing with him. And I just kept going through it, but I was really calm. And the more agitated he got, the more calm I got. And finally, he sat down, sat back down, and he started laughing. And he goes, you just proved me wrong. Mm-hmm. And I go, really? I didn't know wrong. <laughs> but he goes, you're right, because I thought it was too aggressive, too salesy, too this. And you just, you just proved me by being calm, being quiet, not being pushy. But it was so funny because afterward I said, you realize we just did a role play, only reverse. But you got to control it. Whereas when I break us out here before, when I broke us out before, you were all uncomfortable because you didn't want to be the one who might be doing it wrong. And he's like, oh my gosh. I said, so now when you guys go into this and you do role play again, think of what you're trying to accomplish and work with each other. And it was so great because that evening, like everybody's like, that was amazing. That was great. I was like, you all did it. Mm -hmm. You just have to get past that point where you're afraid of looking like the fool. That's amazing. I think about why I think improv matched with adult education theory is such a compliment is, you know, you modeled using that person's life experience and the classroom's life experience. You didn't sit and lecture. You had some tools to offer for them to use, but he, he applied them with his life experience and it made all the difference. And, and, and you can't, that's where the magic happens. You know, you, you can facilitate and give the tools, but it's, it's these wise humans that are in your classroom that are making the world better and they just don't really know how to organize it until we all get together in a place. And wow. Yeah, it is. I love it. I would love to uh, sit in and be a part of one of your sessions. So you never know. I may show up <laughs> at one sometime because, uh, it, and I can't wait to see what you're putting online. Um, so when we have that, we'll make sure to, uh, to promote that as well. We'd love to be able to share that with our, with our followers. Um, but it's, I think it's just such an important lesson. I love what you're doing. I love your top 10 tips. And uh, so um, I know we'll have all your contact information on the show notes, but in case somebody can't wait that long to read it, what's the best way for them to find you? Shannonmilliman.com. <laughs> Milliman is that two L's yeah, and one M-A-N. <laughs> two L's, one M. Yep, you got it. <laughs> Wasn't Surprise, even- two L's. Come in. <laughs> well, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Um, once we find we have a work that we are called to do, we are liberated. To say yes to that improvisation allows our innate skills to serve humanity in a very personally fulfilling way and probably one that will be beneficial to the world. So say yes and today and tomorrow. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me, Shannon. It's been a pleasure to get to know you and I look forward to staying connected. Me too. Thanks so much for your time. This was fun. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.